Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adventure Zone Steeplechase, a fantasy, a Justin McElroy fantasy, a Justin McElroy <laughs> joint. My name is Justin McElroy, and I will be your your uh, game master for this this adventure. I'm like Travis Captain, McElroy, like, like Captain N. Are we all supposed to introduce? Ourselves? I don't know what's happening. Probably Justin. not. It's an event. Why, why wouldn't you introduce yourselves at the beginning of a of a program? This is this is de rigueur. My name is Justin McElroy. Someone's starting right now, right? Like they're starting. They heard about this podcast. Yeah, from the friends. Yeah, got into it because uh-huh. they've been waiting for for you. the J Man to take the rudder. And oh, we're here. And my name is Justin McElroy. They know that because it's mainly the J Heads. <laughs> Here that are so you, you so you guys please J heads sounds like a derogative term for people who are who who do uh, possess a, a an addiction to I don't know what a J I guess jumping a, a jumping anyway this is Griffin McElroy and Perfect. I also love to thanks. jump thanks thanks just the name is good Travis oh I actually ruined yours uh, old man <laughs> what's your name I am Clint McElroy you mean me not my character. Right. Yeah, not your character. Oh, uh, just a brief note, a couple things before we start. Um, Dad, if I see you put another bite of food in your mouth while recording, I will jump through the screen and kill you. That's the first one. I'm a little on edge, so just like, yeah. just don't eat on the podcast anymore. That's like the thing one. Yeah, thing I know. Two. we know that you did just wake up at 9.30 in the morning, and so your body probably does need caloric intake to function. It's but, so wild now, but it just to be in the inversion of like dad sleeping in and me and Justin and Griffin having to wake up early with kids, it makes me mad at you. Our well, fathers. he's earned it. It's not fair. That's it's not, not fair. fair. I went through many years okay. of leaving early. Welcome to the world of steeplechase. As you're, as I've been working on this this for many months now. I've written this. I'm not nervous. I wrote it. Introduction. <laughs> okay. And I read an Fair, introduction of, from all my work, so I'd like to begin the table setting now. And let's just say no goofs until Justin gets to, until yeah, Justin, Justin does it. Yeah, Justin needs to focus down. So there are, uh, so there are nights. Let's take a second run at this. Um, <laughs> there are many knights oh. and other wizards. And they are all are fighting. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, hey, knights. Okay, sorry. Go you on. You are the children of knights and wizards. And they're combined. You're knight wizards. And welcome to the court of the knight wizards. I'm Justin McElroy. Sorry, one more no. time. Is it K knight or is it just in knight? I'm so confused. <laughs> You're half knight, half wizard. You have both the powers of both and the weaknesses of neither. Right. Armor well, what if sword, I'm a wizard who goes out in the daytime? This is not. Do so we really went off that no goof rule real quick? This Mine, is all yeah. serious. Mine Once it serious. hits serious mode, though, the goofs will come to a complete stop. You think so? Okay, huh? welcome, welcome, welcome to to Steeplechase. Uh, I would like to first tell you a little bit. Here's what we're gonna do. This is session zero. We're just starting. I am uh, wildly uncomfortable because I haven't done this before. And my brothers and dad are going to help me through it. We're all going to do this as a family. It's a team building exercise. Um, not a podcast. <laughs> it's a team building exercise. <laughs> We're going to do some trust falls, some low ropes courses. Uh, we are going to be playing the game Blades in the Dark. Uh, and I'm going to tell you more about that right after uh, I tell you a little bit about this this world. Um, it is set in the future. Um, not like a thousand years, but maybe a couple of hundred from now. 
and our story takes place. Well, let me, let me, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Carmine Denton was a farmer's son in rural Georgia. This is the story everybody knows. He always wanted to be an entertainer, a storyteller, someone who would lift us up with these incredible stories and bring us together with valuable lessons. Carmine, as soon as he could scrape together the money, founded a company that we now know today as Dentonic, the first name in entertainment. Denton started small. He was operating a string of traveling carnivals at state fairs, and they evolved into the regional theme parks throughout the U.S. I think like a chain of Six Flags or you know Bush Gardens, those parks. Eventually, like Denton was was fight. He had all these ideas and dreams, but he was fighting municipalities and state and local governments. Uh, at every turn, every time he wanted to expand or change something or do something different, he was constantly having to, to, to fight with these groups. So he did something very dramatic. In 2030, he grew tired of, of fighting and he disassembled the parks and he sold the land to Chinese multinationals. This would have been in 2030. And he focused all his time into just one steeplechase. It was nestled into a big expanse of the same rural countryside in Georgia that he once called home. Steeplechase started like the other parks, you know, top-notch roller coasters, decent food, nothing to write home about. But then, rather than sell the previous parks piecemeal, he brought them to Steeplechase. And he started organizing them and building them up and taking all these different mechanical parts, all these different worlds into a, a real like epicenter of of entertainment and he could have stopped there but as we all know denton's motto is that he never knew when to stop dreaming he expanded steeplechase in 2040 with a second gate a satellite park if you will the kingdom of ephemera now ephemera this kingdom is different it was not just a theme park it was immersive it was a, a world where you could go and live out your uh, fantasies uh, as long as they were of the knights and wizards variety. Uh, you And this was wildly successful. We'll, we'll learn more about the Kingdom of Ephemera in a bit. But you should know that he continued to uh, grow these parks and expand these new gates. And the Denton family continued to grow these parks. And when they ran out of land, they went the only direction they could up. So now these lands, these layers, as they're called, are these immersive worlds for the rich to come and experience their uh, deepest fantasies. And you three work there. You are employees of Dentonic. You are employees of uh, Steeplechase. And you are going to find your fortune there in the cracks between the fantasy. There where people are uh, misguided. They're looking over here. While they're having this magical family moment, you'll be the ones with your hands in the pockets. And we're going to meet you, um, but we are going to talk about this game first, Blades in the Dark. Now, this, this is going is great. So you're, do you're crushing you're it doing so a far. Wonderful I, don't know if you need, I don't know if you need the massaging. Oh, but if you are, you guys, I'll put rule one: uh, massage anytime. If anything's even palatable, just like I'm in. Oh, it's I'm I'm, I'm on I'm in. Yeah. Um. So let me read this exact. I'm gonna read this exact text for attribution purposes, and then we'll talk more about it. 
Uh, this work is based on Blades in the Dark, which can be found at bladesinthedark.com. It's a product of 1-7 Design, developed and authored by John Harper and licensed for our use under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 Unported License, one of my favorite licenses. <laughs> what a thrill it is. Um, I will just say, that that is the, you, and you will see this system, um, I will say about this book very quickly. It is the best, hands it's down. Rad. The best one of these I've ever written. It never gets bogged down in mechanics. It's always bringing you back to practical application. It's so well written. Um, there's a great thing that he says, uh, that John Harper says at the beginning of his games that he attributes to a friend of his name, uh, uh, Avery. And I wanted to uh, say that now. It is the number one rule is to play your characters like you're driving a stolen car. And I really like that metaphor. And that is what we are going to be doing. Blades in the Dark is a game about bad people doing hey, bad Justin, things. I'm yeah. so sorry. I built my whole character using Beyblades in the Dark. I did, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I just so expected sorry. something like this. Uh, that is so fine, sorry. Travis. If we you can, just okay. let him get one out of his Travis, if you can just give us a time to rip, like let him get yeah. it out of his system. Oh, oh, Griffin, by saying the word Beyblades, I have used up all of my Beyblade knowledge. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have now uh, used it all up, and Justin, you may continue. Uh, okay, so. It's a, it's a game about scoundrels doing crimes. There's different kinds of criminals and bad people. Uh, but the the core of the game, the metaphor of, of the game, is that it, it is in terms of scores or heists or uh, uh, that like crimes. You know, you're going to do crimes. Yeah. Um, you're going to do crimes in this world. Uh, we're going to talk mechanically. You're going to be part of a crew, a criminal crew. You're each going to have your own criminal background and your own uh, criminal skills that you're going to bring to this uh, little group that you have. We're going to pick a type of character class here. You're also going to pick a crew. Uh, and that crew is going to have different uh, relationships with the world, different ways that they focus on interacting with the world. Um, and we were still kind of hammering this part out. So uh, that is something I think that we can come to a consensus on once we've met all of our characters. Um, so with that all being said, and boys, please feel free to, if there's questions or you want to stop me or I missed something or... I mean, and if you just feel like interrupting, you know, keep that to your to yourself. But if you have something real good, then please, by all means. But how can we tell if it's good or not until we say it out loud, Justin? The Travis McElroy story. Um, yeah. The okay. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's start with uh, you know what, Travis? Let's what? let's pan to you. The camera pans to you. Let's meet your scoundrel. Uh, I am playing. Beef Punchley. But wait, wait, hold on, wait. Did you change the surname? What what was it? I thought it was Beef Strongly. Oh. No, no it's I, always been Punchley, but I, no, beef I wasn't. Punchley's what, extremely good. Yeah. Now which is better? Beef Punchley or Beef Punchkins? Not mm. Beef Punchkin. Beef Punchkins feels too cute. Okay, yeah, Beef Punchley. But that's not that's like a smurf name. Right. He is uh, a cutter. Um, which in this game system is a dangerous and intimidating fighter. Okay. Um, he is a very large man, uh, very, as his name might uh, imply, uh, very beefy, uh, former like heavyweight boxer. But this is not his real name. Beef Punchley is his alias. His real name is Lyndon Julius. Um, I will Lind never, I, w I want you to know never. at the top, 
I will never use that name. No, everyone calls him Beef. It's fine to call him Beef. Uh, okay, but good. That is that is more of his nickname than it is his real name. Uh, but as I said, he is a cutter, uh, primarily focused in uh, like hand to hand fighting and grappling and that kind of thing. Uh, but he is uh, far more I- intelligent and gentle than he appears. But still, he is, and I have taken the special ability not to be trifled with, uh, which means that he can push himself to do one of the following, perform a feat of physical force that verges on the superhuman, or engage a small gang on equal footing in close combat. Right. Uh, how much do you want to know about beef, Justin? Uh, I would like to know if... Uh, basically, with heritage and background, which is a lot of Blades in the Dark is really narrative, which is, uh, uh, you know, you might, some people might say dismissively, but when you're making a narrative podcast is chef's kiss. So, yeah, so good. Um, I'm sorry that I made the chef's kiss noise and also did a chef's kiss. I don't know that I said the words. <laughs> I, I appreciated it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to know, basically, for, for heritage and background, I'd like to know your relationship with... Um, the 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 park and the company like what what is your what's your deal what's your background with with uh, Dentonic and and Steeplechase? Um, so he uh grew up in a small town and he uh hit like puberty growth spurt pretty late. He was like a small, somewhat like like nerdy gentle boy, uh like the you know wells for boys kind of guy. This uh, is but too the, long. You okay? I just want to know about your relationship to the park. I'm getting there. You want to leave something on the bone? You want to leave something on the bone there, Trav? Uh, What if somebody's like, "I bet you're always a strong kid," and then this is from me to you: if you're always a strong kid, and then you're like, "Actually, I wasn't." Let me take you inside. I don't need that dense. Hey, Justin, you're doing a great job GMing so far. Thank Um, you so much. I think so too. And so, uh, basically, he then was a heavyweight boxer for a while. Then there was some issues. Okay. And he wasn't allowed to do that anymore. But That's was good. There. I love that shit. Yeah, That's good. You. you just put that little checkoffs issue right there on yeah. the wall. We'll come back to it. Um, and so he like had a name, right? Everybody was, you know, knew of Beef Punch the Boxer, but he needed work. And so he basically made a deal with uh Dentonic and and Siebeljace to come and be like a uh representative uh of Beef Punchley. Um and we talk about like that they work like at some kind of arcade or there is some kind of like punch out esque game that it's like beef punchlies punch out. And okay. he's like that. Hi, it's me. Fight me in my prime kind of deal. So he's not quite a mascot, but that's the feel of him. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But the idea of an arcade game with a picture of beef punchly, and there's like a balloon coming out of his mouth that says, fight me in my prime. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so dire. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's man. not. It's not a flattering or happy circumstance to be in. You should know um, that my head cannon for Beef Punchly is already King Hippo from Punch Out. Which perfect is very um, powerful. Let me say real quick, actually, because I, I I should have established this. The layer that uh, the the uh, these three uh, currently work in is called Eustabin, and Eustabin is a layer that is uh, built around nostalgia. It is the idea of uh, uh, taking the the experiences that you thought that you would never have again and bringing them directly to you for a very uh, reasonable fee. Uh, and you all work in in Eustabin. We will talk about – Travis mentioned the arcade that you all are, are working in, um, and we'll talk about that. To give you an example, 
there's like um, one of the attractions in Eustabin is called Super Slumber Party, where uh, every night there is a gigantic park-wide slumber party where you can have your nails painted <laughs> and you can eat huge piles of wood fire oven pizza for $13 and absolutely house <laughs> an entire 12-ounce Mountain Dew that you get to keep all for yourself. You don't share with your brother, no problem. Um, but that is like the kind of experience that used to been traffics in. It is about um, the feelings that, that you – it's not just like selling you like Funkos uh, with the greatest American hero on them, although Funko Pop, please – uh, any of my characters are open for licensing for a very reasonable fee. Come at me. Love to get some of those fun codes going. Anyway, um, but that's used to been. It's a. It's not just about like retro. It's not retro, right? Retro has that like clanging sort of obvious shilling. This is designed to like actually give you the feelings of of being young again, or the feelings of being young in an age that you never got to experience, but always seemed very very pleasant. So Beef Punchly works at an arcade. Former uh, puncher, maybe still a puncher. We'll have to see. Well, he's still a puncher. He was a boxer. There's a term for it. Oh, so you you really have done your homework. Uh, mm. uh, Dad, let's go over to you, Clinton McElroy. Tell me about your character. I am playing um, Emmerich Dreadway. Ooh, Ooh I like that. good, Dad. Yikes. That's, That's good, good, Dad. Emmerich Dreadway is a whisper, and Ooh, in this game, okay. um, it's about as close as we get to magician. Would you say? Yeah, wizard. Um, Someone who deals in the in the fantastic. Ooh, um, but Emmerich is Emmerich is um, s- slim. Uh, waspish is kind of the word I was using. I. I'm, I'm what is waspish? What is you what mean is like mean? white Anglo-Saxon Protestant? Not like he has. Do you mean no, wafish, I mean like... what? I mean slim and um. Like, think Vincent Price. I, okay. I really was thinking like Vincent. Price. I don't. When I think of Vincent Price, I don't normally think what a waspish fellow. But okay, okay. But he is waspish in the waspy in the like. Yeah, if you mean wasp, like literal, yeah, yeah, yeah literal <laughs> wasp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he is a. Uh, a creationeer is that the word you um, or that's a fucking what? great word, Mac. It's write it down, okay. baby. Creationeer. He, he uh, is one of those people who has. He's older. He's been with uh, with Dentonics for for quite a while. And one of the things that is a key in the newest iteration of of, of uh, attractions and stuff at uh, at uh, Steeplechase are these hard light constructs. Do we want to talk about the hard light constructs? Yeah. Here? Um, yeah. And dad, since you're sort of the expert in hard light, I think I will, I will be sort of like hopefully collaborating with you on like the specifics of this technology. But the, the basic idea is I didn't want to have magic as we would think about it in, in this, but there is a supernatural element to blades in the dark. So I started thinking about that, like, uh, sufficiently advanced technologies indistinguishable from magic, the Carl Sagan thing. So uh, the big like secret to the success of Dentonic and the reason that they've been able to expand at this and evolve at the speed they have is this technology called hard light, which is uh, basically solid holograms, uh, holograms that have shape and form and 
uh, a physicality to them, which the uh, applications of that technology are, you know, just as wide ranging as you can imagine to the point where uh, we, we might think of them as magic. And we are for this like sort of whisper purpose is that it is a, it is so advanced. It is basically like a supernatural thing. You are one of the few people who have the like prowess to shape and, you know, rejigger hard light uh, constructions. And so not just that, magic, right? Because one of the things in Blades in the Dark is ghosts, right? Right, So hard yes. light is, yeah, hard light holograms are standing in for ghosts. And, and when you yeah. first described the sort of like Disney World analog of of animatronics. Yeah. And th- this, this being that, like hard light, like living figure living in quotation marks figures mm-hmm. um so yeah that's hard light i kind of ran with that and kind of the background was that emmerich was if not the main guy that first came up with the hard light constructs um at, at least he was one of the first innovators with it was seen mm-hmm. as the the father of hard light and other people in the company have taken credit for it. And Emmerich is, is not a very forceful person, but found himself demoted, found himself pushed to the side while other people benefited from his genius. And uh, it wrecked his life. I mean, he still works for them, but it's in this very, you know, he's been pushed back to uh, to used to been um, instead of being one of the innovators. Now he's like practically just a maintenance guy who, um, who keeps the machines working. I love this, Dad. Uh, uh, what is uh, what is the special move that you took? We'll get more into like some of these different uh, character classes, but like, what's your special move that you that you went with? I think compel the in the special ability. Yeah, right? so yeah, the special ability. Which of the special abilities did, did Zimrak have? Yeah, I think Compel. He uh, uh, can attune to a ghost field for, but we'll say... Hard light. A hard light field. Yeah. And, and force a nearby ghost to appear and obey a command. You give it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 this will allow him to... to use even hard light constructs that he hasn't created... Mm-hmm. He will be able to control. Um, Dad, do you feel like hard light is projected from a source, or hard light is, uh, you know, made by a bunch of tiny nano machines? Like, how, how do you think hard light works? I would say that instead of a whole bunch of nanites, I would say there is one, one source. nucleus, one one yeah, device yeah. that projects like a out. little bee. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That that you would have a little, a little. Did you say B or bead? Well, I said B because I'm literally thinking of there's a, a hard light projection in Red Dwarf, and it's like a little capsule that like projects Rimmer whenever they leave the ship. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said bean. Sure, but whatever <laughs> okay, so this we're thing all is, having a lot of fun here <laughs> with words that sound like other words. Uh, uh, it, it, yeah, I think there is some kind of very small device that projects outward and and creates these. So uh, maybe to maybe you to make that sort of work, you need to find some sort of projection source 
in the world, something that's doing something else that you can repurpose in that way. Maybe right. you have some with you. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, uh, Justin, I had a quick question about this Yeah, anything, world. Travis. Yes. Um, so we talked about, like, so far, both Dad and I have mentioned, like, that Beef ended up having to get a job there and that Emmerich was, like, demoted but still works there. How uh-huh. much of, like, a ubiquitous employer is Dentonic in this world? Is it, like, at some point, everybody ends up working there? Or is it, like, a much smaller, like, how influential, you know what I mean? Uh, so... It's the kind of place where you live. It's the kind of place where um, you you post up there. I'm thinking about like um, people who do like a tour, you know, on a or uh, on a cruise ship, maybe that sort of metaphor where we are like living there and what have you. Um, a lot so of like a campus, sort of yes, uh, but a lot of the people who are there are there for the money but really money is not that important because they live there um there's this idea of coin in blades in the dark and coin are are big chunks of cash like it's a a coin is like a lot of a lot of money um running around money you don't really track right so like do I have the money to get a sandwich yes you have sandwich money it's just assumed right it's not that Uh, I got a it's I like on, you're never watching an episode of CSI where they're like, and I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Oh, no, I don't have any money for coffee. Let's do a scene of me going back to get some money for coffee from an ATM, yeah. right? You just I just want I want you to know my first action in the game is going to be buying 100 sandwiches for nice. nothing and then selling them in bulk for coin. <laughs> <laughs> if you, well, Griff, if you buy them in bulk, it's going to cost you coin. We don't have coin. What we have is, this is kind of a slangy thing, but um, people call them sweets. So it, rather than coin, you have sweets because it is the equivalent cost of a deluxe two-bedroom suite in the layer of your choice. So a lot of the people who are here are there to try to get enough to stay there in one of these layers that is a fantasy of theirs. So they are both the clients, but also the... Uh, employees. So uh, it's sort of like, imagine like an employee discount. Okay. So um, imagine though, if it was like uh, basically the only thing that brought you any pleasure or joy was, was your company. So like that, that's how deep most of these people are. In fact, we have this idea of factions from also from blades in the dark. And for me, um, for, for steeplechase, these factions are going to be represented by different groups within the company, but also denizens of different layers because we've been divorced from a space or a region, a physical geography that we are living in. We're inherently tribal creatures, right? So we are drawn to creating these tribes to form our identity. And for these people, their identity is where they work, right? Yeah. They're not just a maintenance man. They are part of the cogs and gears, which is the, faction of maintenance people because that's how deeply they identify with that and how how much that means to them if you are i remember working at best buy and for whatever reason we decided our store had a rivalry with another store who the fuck cares but like that was a thing and then we like went to a conference and like chanted at them it was horrifying anyways i can really (laughs) relate to this if you are if you are an employee, uh, if you are a a cast member, let's say uh, of the uh, of Infinitum, which is the sci-fi layer 
Um, it was the second layer that uh, Dentonic built. But if you're uh, an employee of Infinitum, then you are a member of the Sidereal Age, which is your faction of people that are from the sci-fi world. So you need to stay on the good side. And you might enc encounter people from these other layers. That is a possibility, even though travel between the two is not that uh, not that common when you're uh, an employee uh, or a guest. Is the end game us trying to reach the heavy side layer? Because if so, I good need question. to know now. Because I'm going to change my character a, dramatically. If a that great is the point, case. Griffin. Let me just take my book of all the things I was going to do for the next few months. And okay, it's in the trash because you already guessed. I get to be old Deuteronomy. <laughs> uh, yes, it's purgatory. You can't just okay. call that, Dad. <laughs> Steeple That's chases sorry. purgatory. You win. Okay. Anyway, does that answer your question, Travis? <laughs> yes, it does. How big of an employer in this world is Dentonic? Yeah. Well, what do you think? Um, I mean, it kind of feels like to compare it to, and I, I hope past session zero, we can not compare it to Disney constantly, but to think about that you have Disney World, right? Dis the Disney World, Disneyland, uh, Euro Disney, right? You have the Disney parks, and then you have the Disney television, and you have Disney movies, and you have Disney stores, and you have and, Disney, yeah. like, so. Right. Is it like. So imagine if all that was boiled down into the parks business. Right, and you can start to get an idea of the scope of this, the sweep of this. Got it. Dentonic does not produce outside media, right? They are not like in the movie okay. business. They're not. They are in this okay. business because no experience that you would have on the outside, no movie, no TV show, no book, nothing would like equal what you are um, doing there. In fact, that's a little bit of the the charm is that like you don't exactly know what you're going to be getting into when you're there, right? So it's it, that helps it make it seem more immersive too because if you're seeing a bunch of characters that you already know, it's like, oh, you're yeah. just pretending to be this guy. Okay. Um, Griffin, I believe that leaves you. Tell me about your character. I will be playing uh, Montrose Pretty is his name. And, uh, and it's a fine name. Montrose Pretty is a slide is the Blades in the Dark clip I am using. Wee, yay! <laughs> uh, he loves going down those diagonal things. Oh, I uh, thought people could get on him and slide down him. Yes, he is 15 feet long. Uh, <laughs> no, he is, a, a slide is a subtle manipulator and spy, according to the uh, the, the, the playbook here. Uh, there are a, a few sort of adjacent roles that, he does not exactly fit into. There's a playbook called The Spider, which is all about sort of leveraging influence and connections and stuff like that. That's not really him. Uh, there's also a Lurk, which is about being incredibly sneaky and dexterous. That is also not him. He is more of a uh, a, a salesman, uh, sort of impresario type. Mm -hmm. um, his, I think his place in the Deltonic, is that it? Dentonic. Dentonic. Pentatonics. Nope. And the pentatonics is uh, he uh, he was a I, I think just a sort of cast member like a um, I don't know if there are mascots here but if there are oh, mascots here he he would he would fill that role sort of begrudgingly there are we'll uh, meet him while on the side uh, Montrose had a connection to the to the underworld to the seedy belly of crime that happened here was part of a crew, not a very important part of that crew, uh, and to leave some spaces on the map blank, uh, left that crew on bad terms. 
and now right. uh, has this different role working with uh, working with the others at this at this arcade, or at least that is what we have talked about so far. Although it, it seems like that might be subject to change, um, he is, I would say, a charismatic opportunist, and I think he sees a lot of potential in the skills that fist meatly and that's not um, my name it's beef please don't make this get more confusing there's a lot of proper nouns here that beef and emmerich uh bring to the table and so that is is uh i think why he has teamed up with them okay um so yeah former former scoundrel in the traditional sense you it's worth noting and i don't know if this is the way this is gonna swing but it is worth noting that characters in blades in the dark are not meant to be permanent they can die they it is not that wild to think of there is they can retire they can leave the the game they can they be can, arrested they can be arrested and sent to prison like the, yeah. this this has real actual stakes uh, and that is all I will say is that I well not I real feel, actual stakes Justin because it's all make believe it won't hurt me well, Travis but, but Travis in real people life. If people have a, a fun time listening to it, that's that's real. I wow. guess that's true. Oh my god! Yeah, I, got, I need a that. minute. I'm gonna. My so, can I say my special ability? I'd love that. Uh, I've taken an ability called Cloak and Dagger. One of the uh, items that slides get access to is a fine disguise kit, it's sort of integral to the thing. And I have this vision in my mind of a. He's always wearing a mask. Um, like a uh, a a hard light mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm envisioning sort of like hexadecimal from reboot, where Fuck the yeah. face just kind of like changes to display certain emotions. Okay. Cloak and dagger allows you to use a disguise or other form of covert misdirection, and then you get bonuses to a roll to confuse or deflect suspicion. When you throw off your disguise, the resulting surprise gives you the initiative in the situation. Um, now, are you? So this is a is this a mask you're always wearing? I think so. Hmm. How does that figure into your like day to day life? As like, I take your... it off to eat spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> when I eat my spaghetti, I take it off so I don't get the mask all dirty uh, and messy. Right. But what is your day job? Uh, I mean, we work at this arcade, right? Uh, so you're the at... guy who work. Oh, have you met? Have you ever heard of Montrose Pretty? Yeah, he's a very charismatic guy. Yeah, he is. It is weird that he works at an arcade and is always wearing this mask. <laughs> well, it doesn't yeah. look like a mask, I assume, right? What uh, it no, like I mean, it probably, I, I don't think it's photorealistic. I think it looks like a mask. I think when Mr. Pretty rolls up, like, you are you are in source of, but you know what? He's into that. He's okay with being <laughs> being memorable. Creepazoid. But you're, yeah. but it's also, but it, I just want to really, I'm really trying to drive into this, Griffin. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. want to drill down. You're a character that is defined by their ability to sway other people. And on the other hand, you're also a super creep who's always wearing a mask. <laughs> like, it's it's very, I, I'm trying to align the two in my head. I have to know, what, what does the mask look like? Because right now I'm picturing, like, one of those completely neutral, like, just white masks that, like, that one dance troupe I think is Jabberwocky wears. It's terrifying. What does yeah. it actually look like, please, Griffin? Uh, it's Guy Fox. I'm a revolutionary. No, it's not a Guy Fox mask. Uh, I think it just it looks like a looks like a it looks like a a human face, but slightly exaggerated. No, okay, so like the so like the clear mask that they wear in Heist, like just a hydra. Okay, perfect. Um, 
Or can if it be you a have Harlequin a constant... mask, something that's I don't want a valley, an uncanny valley here, Griffin. I'm scared. I think it is Travis. an uncanny valley situation, but it's it's uh it's beautiful. Now, uh, just as long as we're having fun, I'm looking at Griffin's character sheet. I see that Griffin has given himself four items that are completely without purpose because we are not doing a heist right now. But Griffin's just made a note that he's got some weird stuff in his pockets. Oh, those are load free. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got all those for sure. For sure. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, or even your time. What what influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth. Don't worry. Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have an Aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago, we're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2, and we're doing live shows, all a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. 
and Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is my brother, my brother, and me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2 schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information's there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Hi, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon? Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel? What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for more than 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my stars. It's so, so exciting. Join me, Jake Heath Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong. Along with guests like DJ Jazzy Jeff, Yardley Smith, Roxanne Gay, and so many more on the Trivia Game Show podcast, Go Fact Yourself. Twice a month, every month on Maximum Fun. Okay, so those are our three characters. Next, we are going to make a crew and this part is a little more less like defined at this point yeah oh well, let me talk first about the different types of characters next we are going to make a crew and this part is a little more less like defined at this point yeah oh well, let me talk first about the different types of crews that we have very briefly we've never so, we've never played a game that had this particular right. element in it where like the organization is just as much a game mechanic as the individual characters The are. crew is a character. Think of it that way. And actually, if you want to be particular about it, the crew is the constant. Yeah. These, these cats can come and go, but the crew, and, you know, we could even, like, find some, if, if there's another person who wants to join. I mean, eventually this crew is going to be, I mean, God willing, and the creek don't rise. Uh, I have a lot of people other than you all, right? It will be an expansive criminal empire if all goes according to plan. So uh, we have uh, several different crew crew types that you can choose from. Uh, we've got, hold on, uh, assassins, which, I mean, does what it says right on the tin there. Uh, kill, I mean, why play hire. in the game what we already do in real life? That doesn't seem fun. No, Travis. Mercenaries, don't tell them. Mercenaries and thugs are bravos. If you're a bravo crew, then you start battles, extortion, sabotage, smash and grabs, burly, burly criminals. Uh, cult 
Ms. Uh, acolytes of a god in this case. I'm not exactly sure what the analog would be, but I'm sure we could have some fun with it. Uh, hawkers sell vice. They they sell vice items uh, or different types of vice. Shadows are thieves and spies who do burglaries and espionage and robberies and sabotage. And then smugglers transport contraband. Uh, they execute clandestine deliveries, territory control, and expeditions outside the city. So, uh, those are the ones we have to choose from. What are you all? Uh, we had talked about hawkers. How are we? How are we feeling about that right now? Uh, based on what you have told us about this world, I, I I think that owning a small business is a fun idea. Uh, from a gameplay perspective, you'd also talked about how these layers are separated. Um, yes, and and so smugglers also seems like it would be. Uh, you know, uh, a narratively, it would it would fit. I worry that it the the jobs would get a little bit samey if it's just get this thing from one place to to another. But hawkers is what we had discussed before this episode. Yeah, um, yeah, I like the. I think I can also see in this world how hawkers has the most like uh growth potential as a business goes. Uh, where I can see the, especially as you talk about like the L A Y E R layers expanding through those, instead of it being like everybody has to come to us to get the jobs done, we're trying to expand our influence of being able to sell this stuff or uh, offer whatever our goods and services are. I I think that's good. I'm kind of interested in Bravos because that also sounds like a lot of flexibility. Battles, extortion, sabotage, smash and grabs. I will say, Dad, I, I think that the, the the only thing I would push back against Bravos is that it sounds like you have two people who are physically not super threatening. So that for a crew that is built around like physical violence and physical actions, Bravos may okay. not be the best fit because you don't have the, the a lot of the muscle. I also it, would worry, because I thought about Bravos too because Beef would do well there, but I also worry that in a park like this, in a setting like this, I worry that being too uh, aggressive and like smash and grab kind of thing is going to draw a lot of attention from like potentially we could get fired, which isn't right. like a thing that would happen if we were just like playing in a New York City, you know, kind of place where it's just like, oh, we got to go underground for a while. But if somebody's like, yeah, beef broke that didn't window, show up to work the fired. next day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it also seems like if we have this hard light pioneer and this, f you know, f famous boxer and this this charismatic salesman, like it seems like those align with hawkers really well. Yeah. It's just and a question kinda, of what do we what do we hawk? Uh, that kind of eliminates shadows too, yeah. because it'd yeah. be a lot harder to be a spy if everybody knows who you are. Hey, that's Haw thief. I love hawkers. How you are yeah, hawkers well, are. Well, let's vice. go with hawkers. Yeah. You want to stick with hawkers? Okay. Yeah, Juice, can you describe vice in like a, a short a short way? Because I feel like that will inform what what we hawk. Because hawk. vice is a mechanic in in the game. Right. Yes. Uh, let me search for vice real quick. Let's yeah. See. Let's mention the Blades in the Dark website. Ooh, yeah. a, if you are curious about this game, you should buy it and get the book and read it because it's one of the coolest 
like RPG books I've ever read. But there is also this online resource with which you can like look up anything we talk about. Very so vice is vice is something that you would use to uh, blow off some steam, and, which and, is an and, actual mechanic in the game. Yes, yes, they call it they call it stress, but. Uh, th- that is what vice is. It is what you do to cope with the stress of what you do in your day-to-day, uh, your day-to-day lives, which could be gambling. It could be luxury. It could be uh, religion. Religion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ob- obligation. Weird. Is one of them is a good one. Weird. Yeah. Oh, obligation is interesting. So vice is not just a metaphor for, for drugs and alcohol, right? It, 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 it uh, you could have an obligation to your family, and which is your vice. Like yeah. your vice is that I have these two rotten kids that I have to take care of. Like I mean, that could be your vice. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it in the Fast the and the Furious terms, it's yeah. like, oh, I, you know, I, I would do anything for family, even like get myself in trouble, that kind of thing. You right. Know? Exactly. You can overindulge in vices, which has bad consequences. But uh, pl- pleasure and stupor are the other two vices that we haven't mentioned yet. Um. I feel like we are missing a trick if we do not focus what our like hawker business is around the fact that we employ a famous boxer and a hard light pioneer. I have an idea. Okay. Uh, and I think that this could fit in really well with what used to been kind of represents, but taking it to this like, extreme that would not be approved by the you know the higher ups what if we could use your intellect beef and your hard light skills emmerich and create moments you can spend with the with the dead that we recreate based on your description of some past person, and then you can spend time with them. Uh, that's like that's tough because like there's several places in used to been that do that. Like that that is a a big part of the service they offer. I am interested in the fact that they Dentonic is is peddling vice. Like they are dealing vice. Like they're dealing like the immersive fantasy experiences. So like, I don't want something that overlaps with that because they are peddling vice. Like, you know, right. so it's like, right. at a certain point, it's like redundant. You know what I mean? Like you can't operate within that. Then one way to think about it is, you know, if they are very, very, very strict about keeping the different layers separated, right? Mm-hmm insulated from each other correct Mm -hmm. that is the key to what we do if we're going to have an illegal uh, a reason for our illegal existence okay right i have it i have a thought that i want to hit you guys with hit us what if you are smugglers but what you are doing is smuggling you're basically peddling to uh, Dentonic fans on the outside. So, like, what you're doing is you are stealing things from the, oh. from Steeplechase that you can Knock then offs. sell to. No, no, no. 
The real the shit. The real deal. Yeah, real but deal. I mean, you're set. Yeah, you're buying. You are stealing things from Steeplechase that you can sell to collectors on the outside. Oh, I like that. How does that grab you guys? I like that a lot. That gives us a lot of reasons to go to the different layers. Travis Griffin, what, Griffin, you th- you see my move? I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of how that would complement our characters. Um, like one thing I wanted to throw out that I thought of as a vice that we had not considered luxury, but for employees. So you talk about the suites, right? This luxury experience that everyone's trying to earn money for, right? So like the toiletries, towels, a manicure experience like they get, you're talking about at the slumber parties or these kinds of like uh, luxury experiences, but we are hawking them to employees that the employee can pay for the same kind of luxury experience that a guest would have. That's interesting. Because what you're talking about is, yes, I like that a lot because it you aren't relying on guests to fund the venture. You're peddling to, whether or not it's luxury, I feel like that's the angle, right? It's like, what is the vice that people who work there? I mean, that idea of luxury. Any vice that a guest would want. I like the luxury idea, but like, what does it look in a concrete state? Like, what is like the practical application of what you're talking about? Do you have a hotel? Do you have a spa behind the arcade? I mean, what is it that you're? What if I it's, think? What if this is this is how we leverage the hard light thing? What if it is like a hidden in plain sight, like the Mirage, and it is a place that employees know where it is, and we are able to cloak it. With with uh with Emmerich's like hard light capabilities. The, the other way around is the hard light is what creates the like spa experience. And otherwise yeah. it's an empty room. Right? So it is a thing we can take with us when we go to different layers of like we take the mirage with us. And offer this luxury experience. Or you or you have, okay, okay. Building on both of these ideas, what, what do you think about this? So what you're stealing, what you're stealing is the, or what you're trying to accumulate are hard light programs mm-hmm. that you don't have. Like you're going to the other layers to find elements that you can use in the Mirage and make the mirage, which could be on the different layers. There could be hidden mirages, you know, throughout as you expand, right? To do the different layers to have mirages on each one. And you're basically like in, improving the experience for employees. You know what it's That's like? That's very thematically, for what I'm thinking about for the arc, thematically very satisfying. But it's ahead, also Greg. what it reminds me of is like, when we worked at a where when I worked in the Best Buy warehouse, and it was literally like there's space between these two refrigerators back to back. If you want to go, just like lay down, and you can't see it on camera, and like you can like lay down back there, and the bosses won't know where you are. Right. This we idea, did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a break. We on did the same thing time. when I when I worked at Bartram Brothers, and back in the stock room, we used to build gigantic forts out of uh, paper towel and toilet paper boxes 
mm. that the bosses didn't know about, and we'd sneak back like there a, for breaks. What about like the liminal room, like the space between layers that we can we that fulfills this role? For, That's for it's occupied. Place. The liminal layer is occupied. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we should have um, <laughs> we should have uh, uh, okay. So I don't know what you have heard. From what we have been discussing yeah. in the past twenty minutes, <laughs> Rachel's probably used you some might have of it. just heard a big record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, guys, talk to me about where we're at. Let's let's recap this this hawkers. What are you all? What are you all selling? Where are you doing it? Etc. So, here is what we're looking at. Right, we ran through the different vices that a hawker could hawk, and what we realized was any vice that a guest would want is already being catered to by the park, right? Whatever the experience is. And that means that the opportunity that the market is employees. So what we offer is a luxury experience in that it is basically like a uh, hard light break room, a hard light uh, sneak away, take a nap on the company dime kind of experience for employees where we have a hard light projector that we can set up in an empty room or whatever to be this luxury experience for them and then breaks down in an instant and we can carry with us. And so we are trying to expand this idea to have more of these programs, to have more of these projectors so we can have these like kind of secret break rooms uh, generating money for us. If you've ever seen like it's uh, there's like um, rent by like 15 minute nap rooms in airports yeah, sometimes, sure. it's kind of like that. That's what so we want to set up. So let's Mirages seems like a really cool way to refer to these things. Where are you, uh, yeah, where are you? Time has forgotten who came up with it. Um, the uh, it was great, it was 10 minutes ago. Uh, you know, it's there it's was so a season of Friends at the Table called Twilight Mirage. Uh, that was sort of about they stole it from us in the past. The uh, holographic, no, like holographic. Uh, okay, uh, so like we'll try not to call it mirage, but it's like it's basically like what it. it I mean, it it's is like a such a good name. I mean, that's there's a reason they use that because it's like yeah. it's like the best thing to to call the charade, it. The charade, oh. um, the 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 YouTube. I'm on Twilight Room. Hurrah. It doesn't matter. Twilight uh, Room. Nirvana, Nirvana. We'll come up with something. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you all go into weird dictionaries and come up with something good. Where do you operate out of? What's like your home your home base? So right now, because I want to stick with the arcade so bad. I think we're just right now operating in the back room of an arcade. That the that the maybe kindly old boss lets us use that room. So there's uh, a kindly old boss. I think so. There's That's a kindly old boss who does not with What's his name? Uh, Poppy. Mervin. Mervin. Poppy, Poppy Mervin. Perfect. Poppy Mervin. <laughs> See, that's all it takes sometimes. That's you guys said this would be easy. I had no idea how easy. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. Just wait for two people to say things, squish them together, and you got a new character named Poppy Mervin. <laughs> Poppy Mervin. And he runs this arcade, which is called Poppy's Place. It's called Poppy's Place. What kind of games do they have at Poppy's Place? So I think it is uh, like skee-ball and air. I think it's like full-blown. Boardwalk arcade. Yeah, boardwalk yeah. arcade. 
Okay. Well, your punch out game needs to be in there too. Right? Oh yeah. Well, but they have those. Uh, they have those like speed bag games at 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 this type of establishment. I feel like so yeah. instead of it being like a, a oh, it's maybe it's like also like an arm wrestling. One of those where it's like the fake arm is up. Fuck and it's like yes. beef's arm. Yeah. I want to see a bunch of of uh. Like okay, yeah. Beef wasn't beefs. a boxer. He was a professional arm wrestler. Really? Okay, great. Yeah. A uh, whack a vole. We so have the, to whack when so a vole pops up out of the ground. That's so the fine. punchly part was more of a threat. Like if the arm wrestling doesn't go good, <laughs> I know my last name. Well, well, no, it could I'm be, sorry. It could be it's snakes. Just his, it's just his last name. It's just his my last father's... name. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it has nothing to do with punching. Yeah. Beef Love leverage is a different guy. <laughs> we don't talk about beef <laughs> leverage. <laughs> I hope you guys know that the more kindly you make Poppy Mervin, the higher the likelihood that you will have to kill him. <laughs> like yeah, I'm just yeah. telling you now. Uh, okay, so your crew is starting out at Poppy's place. Um, we are going to choose uh, your tier zero, which means that you're barely even a thing. Uh, you have a stronghold, which means that you're pretty tight on your on your place that you're in. Uh, you have two coin. To, to to use to uh, further your your ambitions and zero reputation. Uh, you're just formed. You got your home base. Uh, given what you've done, what kind of uh, reputation do you feel like, if any, do you think that you have with the uh, the rest of the uh, of Steeplechase? I don't. I don't. The rest of Steeplechase, not much. Nothing. I think yeah. because it it just depends on how much crossover there is. Like. You know, maintenance people that maybe move from park to park or layer to layer. Maybe there's like one or two of those who have been to our break room and have like gone to other things and mentioned it to other people. Th but this I this, this would also be how you boost your reputation is how you advance your crew. So if you think about the kinds of things that you would like to be perceived, right, that would increase this reputation, the sorts of yeah. actions you'd like to take. And this is a this is a thing we are choosing off of yeah, a list. So Can I read the reputation? Ambitious, yeah. ambitious, brutal, daring, honorable, professional, savvy, subtle, or strange. I th okay. So I think. Oh, maybe it's subtle. This idea of like you're not going to get in trouble. Like your your secret is safe if you use this mm. thing. Like if you go take a break on the company dime or whatever, your secret is safe. They know how to keep their lips shut. Okay, Dad, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah? I like that. Okay. That also helps in the big scheme when people are like, hey, I've heard that y discretion is like your strong suit. I have another job for you. Yeah. That requires that, right? So, like, I think that, that it's a good balance of doing the job and doing our goal and how those uh, grow each other's influence. You guys know yourselves right like you know the way that this has all gone before right and you yeah. understand what i'm what you are saying to me the facilitator of your fantasies is that what you want to do this time the watchword is subtlety <laughs> that yeah. this is what you're saying we're this trying something you new gonna, you know i will not advance you as a crew if you're like <laughs> yeah we blew up the whole building well yeah. no that's that, as long as we don't track that dookie back home Right to the bay. that's fine as long as we don't bring that no, noise sir. down on you our said clients. Subtle, subtle, subtlety, <laughs> tasteful, subtle operators. Okay, so you're subtle. 
Um, I am not going to establish a hunting ground specifically right now. Um, because that is not a mechanic that I am have needing to deal with at this exact moment, and I want to leave some room to find out about it. Choose a special ability. There is a list here of special abilities. I'm not going to read them off all because it would be uh, uh, a long time, but is there one that appeals to one or more of you? If you look at that special abilities box there in gray. Um, I mean, I know it's the first one, but Silver Tongue. I like silver tongues. I also kind of like ghost market, but that brings up questions for juice. Like, do hard light people come oh. to our thing? We do not discriminate. They do not pay in coin. What do they pay with? I mean, we could do the good stuff since we have a pioneer of hard light in our crew. And isn't that what we're offering our customers? Is high quality, I mean, good stuff. I mean, they're they're there to get the best of the best. I I silver tongues is appealing to me because that is very much the character I am playing. And if we're playing mm-hmm. subtle, right? If we're playing subtle, I think the three of us being good at like talking to people is a safe bet. Also, right? I don't think any of us have command. I do. I have one in command. It seems like having more command, like being able to make people afraid. I can convince people of anything. I think if we do this one, I I would have three points in sway. I mean, if you take that one, like you can put it in one of those three. Yes. This is one special ability for the whole crew, correct? Correct. Yes. I think that's the way to go. Uh, As much as I like the good stuff, I think, okay, Okay. so Justin, here's what we've decided. Uh, Since, as you have said, the watchword is subtlety, We are going to choose Silver Tongues as our special ability as a crew. All right, so you all are taking Silver Tongues. Yeah, we're taking Silver Tongues, and so we each get to add one to Command, Consort, or Sway. Now, uh, I can't see Dad or Griffin's character sheets, but uh, I already have one in Command, and Command is uh, basically to intimidate or threaten, lead an action with one of the crew's gangs, uh, command obedience with your force of personality. I think I'm going to take that. Yeah. That Another feels... point there to have two points in command. Uh, I have two in sway. I might actually take one in consort because if we are trying to peddle our wares to other mm-hmm. like yeah. organizations with the park, it seems like being able to talk to them on a sort of broad scale. Sway okay. is more like convincing someone of something or using deception. Uh, consort is like hitting the streets and like having contacts. Yeah. And I think that that would be much more valuable for Montrose. Um, pretty. Um, so I need to add one to, you can choose command consort, command or sway. Can say, consort or sway. I have two in consort and sway. Trav has two in command. Do you have so, any right now, Dan? Well, sway would sure help me in trying to influence the hard light structures, wouldn't it? It wouldn't. No, Sway would be, you would use a tune for that. Like, because Sway would be someone who has independent will, which a hard light construction would not. So you couldn't convince a computer of anything, right? It would just Now, be- I think it would make sense that if you said that uh, Emmerich, because of his former career as a, a cre- creation ear, has contacts in, you know, maintenance or contacts in that kind of thing for consort, that would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, like people you know, Dad, like previously, right. like 
might be a good one. It's up to you, though. Okay. I'll put it in consort. Okay. Um, All right. Let's see. What's next for us? Uh, we need to pick up two upgrades. Two upgrades. We're not going to read this list. Just tell me what two upgrades you guys want. There's a lot. Uh, it feels like hidden would be great for us. Yeah. Hid- hidden is an upgrade. Your lair has a secret location and is disguised to hide it from view. If your lair is discovered, use two downtime activities and pay coin equal to your tier to relocate it and hide once again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I we're going to take hidden. And then one more. The The ones up at the top in the gray box are like kind of recommended. So I don't know if any of those look interesting to you all um oh man i i like hawker's rigging because i like being able to conceal things it um, seemed like it would be up dad's alley too but i didn't know if if that looked good to you guys yeah i i think that that would aid especially in field operations yeah, yeah perfect um that's also going to be good for y'all because you'll be traveling away from your home base a lot so yeah, makes yeah. Sense. and especially if we take our projector thing with us if we're taking technology with us we yeah, don't want sense. our shit to get confiscated or else. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's what I'd like to do very briefly. If you could look at the map that I have uh, made for you of Eustabin, if you could load that up. Um, obviously, the people at home can't see this, and I don't want to like go over all the different areas of Eustabin. This is sort of like your neck of the woods. This doesn't encompass the entirety of the park, this map. Um, but it oh, is. Oh, that's very pretty, Justin. Uh, thank you, Dad. I will give uh, five adventure points, which is, by the way, a currency that I've invented for my <laughs> arc. When you do something good, you can earn adventure points that are redeemable for prizes at the end of the arc. So, five adventure points to the first person that can tell me what this is a map of. It's Camden Park. Nope. No? Damn it. Nope. Is it Cedar Point? Nope. The roller coaster King- is your big hint. King's Island. Which part? The oh, yeah. racer? I mean, that's the roller that's coaster. That's the racer, the racer. exactly. Boardwalk. Coney Island? Yeah, yeah, this is the Coney Island area from like mid-70s. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway, um, there's a there's a map of all the different uh, nostalgic experiences. Um, uh, we're not talking about Prize Palace today, but are there any others that you are interested in or would like to hear more about or you feel like – so here's what I'm thinking. You do not have a lot of expansive context outside of used to Ben for the moment. We will blow that out once things start. But right now, in place of like steeplechase wide factions, I'd like to think of these like different stores and restaurants uh, of used to Ben as like little factions just for this first outing. Um, so is there any that you like have a relationship with any that, that you feel like we want to establish some narrative hooks with like something that you have a history with? Or ones that you wanted to like know more about, uh, very briefly. Uh, Whittle around. You had mentioned was hard light based of like you know, there's grandpa. Whittle around is uh, if you ever seen like an old timey TV show or movie, and you see an old grandpa, and he's like sitting on the porch and he's whittling. Yeah. I've never actually seen anybody do that in real life. And most people who I have, I do it, but well, you're not a denizen of this futuristic world, dad. So, um, you, not yet. Like yet. It just gives you that experience of whittling around now for a, uh, uh, exorbitant fee. They will take images, videos, details about your own grandpa and, uh, recreate him as a, uh, a very basic hard light projection. I mean, he's not going to like have great memories of your lives together, but if you want to pretend 
you can have your grandpa in there for a price. What about the Anacro Knickknacks? Anacro Knickknacks is a store that sells physical objects that are no longer produced. There are um, like handles for uh, uh, rolling up and down car windows. If you ever wanted to experience that, you can. They have uh, rotary phones in there. They have a different device. They have uh, like record players, cassette players, all the like outdated technology, things that shouldn't exist anymore, but they have uh, found. Uh, And what is Backseat Blast? Backseat Blast is a great, that's actually an extremely popular attraction in Eustabin. In Backseat Blast, you have the experience of uh, sitting in the backseat of your parents' car and it's raining a little bit outside. It's the evening and you've just been at a party and um, you're listening to your discman, but you have the volume quiet enough that you can listen to your parents talking in the front seat uh, as the window uh, windshield wipers move back and forth and you listen to your music and you know with complete certainty that you are as safe as you will ever be. And that's backseat blast. And it's Woo! just 20. Yeah. And yeah, it's actually very affordable. It's 20 bucks for a spin on backseat blast. Um, if you want the parents to look like your parents, they do have some like free standard parents that you can go with, but that's, yeah. that's up to you. Are they huge too? Are the cars big to make you feel small? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Like yes, Griffin. They're very big cars. <laughs> Uh, what about All Mixed Up? All Mixed Up is a store where there are 30 radios playing to different uh, uh, AI-generated stations, and you are given a cassette where you have to dash from radio to radio to create a mixtape of songs that you uh, that you love. Hi, Dad. I like the, I like the idea of our crew contact being somebody who is higher up at one of these places who uses our services. And how about a, foam, a former co-worker of Emmerich's mm. who stayed in good favor? Maybe <laughs> maybe somebody that was instrumental in getting Emmerich pushed out, but Emmerich doesn't know it. Okay. Well, yeah, it doesn't need to be too complex because we're going to be out of here pretty quickly. But like, if you want to ha- say like a former, where do they work, Dad? Personally, I would like him to work at uh, Infinitum because I want to go there. Oh, I know, but we're right now we're just staying in Eustabin. It's just stuff for this first like little chunk. I would say uh, the two that sound the most hard lighty to me are Whittle Around and Backseat Blast. Right, that they would require programmers, right? People who would program grandpas and program parents. Mm-hmm. So I think it would make sense that if the connection is like somebody who worked with Emrec. That either whittle around or backseat blast would make the most sense. Dad, do you have a preference? I have an odd thought. Okay. What if the the basic grandpa uh, hard light construct is one of Emmerich's earliest creations? And he considers him to be his friend. Love oh it. shit! So instead yeah, of it being, fun. yeah. So our that's contact fun. is a hard light. Love Dad, person. what is your what is your um what is your hard light grandpa friend's name? What's your imaginary grandpa uh, friend? What's his name? Eustace, E U S T A C E. Eustace Ben. Eustace uh, Shabon. He has a last name. I mean, he okay. Uh, I'm Eustace Shabon. 
the, the, the hologram. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me make a quick note about who he is, because I will <laughs> I will remember, but you guys may not. Uh, he is a hard light grandpa. Yeah, really and important the fact to remember that, that, that hard light grand hard light constructs are AI. They are not people. I want to make this really clear going in. I know. Okay. I know. All right, but that but that's the world that that Emric lives in. Okay. I mean, he, and I think Eustace is, is, uh, because he's been reprogrammed so many times, you know, and changed form so many times, he has a very bad memory. Okay. Um, all right. So you have a, you have a friend there over at the, the, uh, um, whittle around who is a hard light grandpa. Eustace Siobhan, the first grandpa sounds like, a like a from software boss. (laughs) Uh, all right, now this is a plus one you have with him. One, uh, I need somebody else to come up with somebody you hate in used to been. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm gonna say. Uh, the the proprietor of Anacro Knickknacks. Oh, we've okay. had to deal with to like get parts for things. Um, what, is the, what is their name, Griffin? I don't know. Tell me more about them, Travis. Well, they're a real company person, and so mm-hmm. we have to be really careful about how we ask for the pieces, and they're really nosy, and they are trying to figure out what we're doing. Hmm. I like, okay, I really like the, uh, first off, I've just discovered that I have no idea how to spell the word proprietor. Here we are. Uh, I like the idea that there are some hard light things that aren't worth programming, and it's just easier to get the things from an Acro Knickknacks. Like yeah. it's just to, have you ever tried to model a, you know, what, whatever it is, the wax cylinder on a Victrola. It's right. easier to just get the fucking thing. Well, and we, we there's not like a radio shack for us to go to to get technology. You only take apart so many machines before people start to notice. So sometimes you have to like buy, you know, uh, old timey stuff to use in place of other things. And just like that, I have the name. His name is Victrola Gold. Trolla gold. Okay, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, so we have uh, d- d- established um, a- someone you don't like, someone you do like. Uh, that's that's all very well and good. Uh, the the last thing I wanted to to touch on real quick uh, in terms of sort of like red lines or things that we feel like are sort of out of bounds for this and we're setting some like parameters which is something we've tried to be better about modeling even though you know it's the four of us we all know each other pretty well so there's not as much discomfort but you know i do think it's an important thing to to sort of establish uh so for me i one of the things that i don't enjoy and will not be part of this arc is like violence against kids yep um i don't i don't love it and i don't like i don't want to like hang out there um i will i mean how many kids Related question, like how many kids are here, right? Because this does not sound like a child-friendly experience necessarily in in the sense that it is like a nostalgia play for... I'll say this. You don't... Well, you don't see a lot of kids in Eustabin, for sure. Okay. That is about what you know, I think. I mean, you don't see a lot of kids in your neck of the woods because like they're living the dream. I mean, they're creating the nostalgia. That's where they make it, you know, childhood. I also think, I mean, I think it's important just to establish as a baseline, too, because we're talking about, like, vice and uh, fantasy and stuff and anything related to human trafficking or, like, sex trafficking, set, like, is is off the table, I think. There being a distinction between sex work and human trafficking. Yeah. Of course. 
Anything else that anybody does? I will not be uh, uh, protracted torture. Not, not, and then we all know we're nasty, nasty characters, but uh, that's a little too nasty. It's a little too nasty for me. Yeah. And I think the level of violence, or at least the, yeah, high violence. But I think, I mean, in all seriousness, I think almost to the like Deadpool level. You know what I mean? So it's still fun, fun violence. Yeah, fun violence. I yeah, yeah. that's what I do. And Dad, I you should know by this point everything I do in my creative endeavors. I strive to to be like Deadpool. Yeah. So he is he is something of an icon and a hero for me. So we'll um, aim for Deadpool. Well, okay, but but I mean, there's a subtle difference between a James Bond movie where he's mowing down people left and right. If it's important to you personally, okay, that. There be I I need you to be specific about this because it is something that like this will be this is a violent game this is a this can be a nasty game so like I want if there's specific things that you want to avoid like I that that's the kind of thing we're talking about here I take I love it all I don't have any problem with it okay great so I mean my dad's a nasty dog who loves murder <laughs> well this is where I think we can get into like the X card and the red. Yellow yeah. and green. So we have a verbal X card uh, on because we're an audio medium and it's just easier that way because who knows what you'll be looking at. If you say, hey, bud, then that means I'm going to stop and we're going to talk about what's happening. Well, that's not a ma- it's not a magic catchphrase. We would say like, hey, bud, I'm uncomfortable with this because there might be times where our characters say, hey, bud, and we don't know wanna... they can't. They better oh. not. Because oh, it's okay. a secret, it's the <laughs> verbal X card that I have a staff. Tell me something, Griffin, that would be a good verbal X card that you that I could say with certainty that you all will not be saying. Uh, Parcheesi. Parcheesi. It's not a sexual Afghanistan safe word. Okay. banana stand. Okay, we're what we're gonna go with is hey bud. So if something is is uncomfortable, you just say hey bud, and we'll we'll talk through it. Uh, okay. And that'll either be on mic or it won't. Okay, so now. Uh, I'd like to close. Um, it is time isn't that important here, but for simplicity's sake, let's call it uh, one p.m. at uh, over at uh, Poppy's. What, Emmerich? Uh, uh, what do I find you doing? Um, tinkering. I just came off my lunch break. Okay. Very sad. You know, I had a little cucumber sandwich, and I ate it in the back in the corner. Um, and then I go back to tinkering on a... I still have a few minutes left in my lunch mm. break. So I'm working on a personal project. Montrose? There's a new hire here uh, who works at the um, concession stand. Uh, and I'm trying to sort of gauge subtly their interest in our product. Okay, and beef. Uh, beef is arm wrestling the machine, and like loudly proclaiming, like so realistic, just like the real thing. Me in my prime, and like trying to get attention to it. Uh, and I don't know. He's probably not that convincing. At, at that exact moment, it was one o three p.m. There was a loud sort of uh, uh, crack, un- unworldly, uh, in- impossibly, impossibly loud. Uh, uh, the sound of a crack outside above you. What would you all do? Don't overthink it, guys. Yeah, I'm going to peek outside cautiously. Okay. 
punt uh uh Emmerich? Are you gonna take a look? Um I I think uh take a look, but kind of position myself behind beef. Okay. And then uh Montrose. I don't want to break my stride here, so I'm just gonna kinda keep an eye on the other two and uh okay, see what you're... their reaction's like before I decide. So you're standing in, in relative proximity. The sky in Eustabin is, during the daytime at least, always the same. It's the way the sky looks on a snow day where you wake up and it's brighter than it should be. It's impossibly bright because the sunlight is being reflected off the drifts of snow. It's always that color in Eustabin, except for right now, at this exact moment, you hear another crack. And you see above you a break in the sky. It looks to be maybe a thousand feet across. And then it cracks more. And you see that it's starting to crack into something that approximates a, a, a rectangle, a gigantic, thousands of feet wide rectangle. And then the sky starts falling. But as it falls, what you realize is that it is not a thousand feet of sky. It's maybe six or seven. It's six or seven feet of sky that thousands of feet of sky have been projected onto. Above it is only blackness. And you see the metal, the projection screen that was just above you a moment ago, careened down towards the ground. And you see a woman on it. She's wearing a black trench coat. She's got uh, three knives sticking out from back behind her. Her face is covered in soot and she's got a balaclava pulled down just uh, uh, to her forehead and she is falling. She is falling and the piece of ground, piece of sky now ground smashes below her, but she does not smash. She is hanging. You realize she is hanging six feet off the ground, suspended by a wire from a hole in the sky and she looks at you and she says well fuck and that's where we'll start <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.